Genetic tests created a boon for marketers. Imagine somebody sending you spit and a hefty sum of money. Imagine copying, pasting, and sending a document with fancy-sounding jargon in return. Newer testing takes things further by sending probabilities for developing health conditions. Many even guess it how we'll die. This seems a bit like astrology for masochists. This contemporary palm reading tends to cause more problems than it solves. Complicating our lives with fortune-telling propaganda blinds us from the whole picture. We lose sight of the common-sense approaches that improve our health outcomes anyway. Let's take a rational approach to genetic tests instead. Roll the intro! Good morning, everybody! Good morning, good day! And welcome to today's episode of... Coffee with Cashy. And I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. And on today's episode of Coffee with Cashy, we are going to sustain a nerd rage on the topic of genetic testing in context, of course. <sighs> okay, deep breath, everybody, deep breath. There, there is definitely a perception here that more information is better. I'd say it is pervasive in American culture. It is the only culture that I can speak for, I think. Uh, this, this obsession with information is even absent the ability to effectively procure, analyze, and draft sound conclusions from said information. It's fascinating, really. It's fascinating. Uh, really, it it's also appears that people are, are paradoxically addicted to all of the information, but also overloaded by it. It's entertaining sometimes. It's concerning most times, and it's fascinating at all times. <laughs> also, for you pedantic a-holes out there uh, that are poking fun at my background right now, I know a vast majority of commercial genetic tests are done via hair or cheek epithelia. All right, I just like this background. This is my corner, all right? So, suck on a toe. <laughs> With that out of the way, okay? Tinfoil hat time, folks. Conspiracy theorist Dr. Cashy is on. Conspiracy theory theorist Dr. Cashy is on. And uh, to that end, in the last 10 years ago with this genetic testing stuff, clever marketers have ranked, raked in literal mountains of cash by taking people's information and selling it back to them. Sounds ridiculous, right? It kind of reminds me of Fight Club, which, you know, how the rules of Fight Club go, right? Uh, Again, in the last 10 years or so, clever marketers have raked in literal mountains of cash by taking people's information and selling it back to them. Does that sound ridiculous? Yeah, it is. One of the ways that this has crept into popular culture is through genetic tests, all right? As a means of, especially as a means of determining your ancestry, whatever that really means, okay? People got the tests by the millions. The company's got hundreds of millions in revenue and all of the human genetic material as a result. People bought the test and then proceeded to annoy everybody else about how they're some percentage ape, some percentage human, and as if on cue, 0.73% Navajo code talker. Unfortunately though, for the clever marketers, the test is a one-trick pony, right? Do it once and it makes a small amount of sense to do it again. The party trick had run its course and there had to be a new reason to pay a faceless organization to take your personal information. <laughs> The faceless biomedicine firms struck gold again, but at this time, instead of exciting you with poorly substantiated 
trivial tidbits about your great-great-great-great-god-uncle, they decided to swing the other way, throwing down the tea leaves and telling you your future. Hmm. The future. So companies like this expanded to fortune-telling. For the people that have already paid to send in their samples, all that information is already stored, but they're return buyers, so whatever. The new test, however, pulled another market and therefore a greater total percentage of the population's genetic material. The ones that skipped out on the ancestry stuff, but were more interested in the personalized medicine aspect of genetic testing. Clever again. Okay? More specifically, the new test described how they thought you were going to die, or how you'd kill yourself through the decisions that you make, with neat color-coded reports, looking more credible by injecting medically-sounding jargon, and giving discrete values for the likelihood you'll get old-timers, have a caffeine overdose, or grow a horn. Return customers? Check. Poorly substantiated medical and scientific claims? Check. An expanded database of genetic information to sell, trade, or leak to the feds and insurance companies later on? Check. <laughs> this is out of control. I'm out of control here. Okay, sorry. I'm taking, I'm taking my conspiracy theory hat off now, and I am putting my logic goggles on. Logic goggles are on now. Let us presume, let us presume you put any level of credence, even a tiny amount, into the random number generators that are commercial genetic tests. Regardless of what grade you get on this test, what you know about your genetic information, or presume to know, depending on the answer you get, does change how you think, feel, and act. This is where it gets spicy, right? Good results confer what appears to be a comical aversion towards healthful decisions, and this is a repeatable experiment in controlled settings. Yale researchers are calling this a genetic invincibility phenomena, and in other fields, this is just generically called licensing. Uh, essentially, <laughs> because of some story you tell yourself, you've given yourself permission to act like a silly goose, a turkey, or some other foul creature. Hell, the most probable best-case scenario is that everything you do and feel stays exactly the same. That is the best-case scenario. However, this renders the test moot, because everything stays the same, with the exception of your wallet getting lighter and your personal information, well, a little less personal. <laughs> Pass my test? Great! I have good genes! I can now relax on all this healthy stuff. Did I fail my test? Well, crap! I have bad genes! What's the point? I can now relax on all this healthy stuff. <laughs> Is it possible that a failed test Gives you some motivation to change behavior permanently? Sure, anything is possible. Uh, the data and mountains of it indicate from, from other fields as well, pediatrics, psychiatry, organizational psychology, cognitive science, etc., is that what's way more likely is what's called an iatrogenic condition. And this effectively means that a diagnosis causes more problems than it solves. And I use the term diagnosis here loosely. You can also replace it with label or whatever. Okay, this external motivator, you, your bad test results in this case, or good test results in this case, is now an external source of motivation. And it causes preoccupation. Rather, it focuses you on the presumed problem, and this creates increased focus logically, I might add, to restrict behaviors in a bigger, small way, in an effort to treat the condition. Quote, unquote, right? Eventually, this restriction, overcompensation to shocking health information, leads to disinhibition, which is, you know, burnouts, binges, rebelliousness, and blowouts associated with loss of agency. It's a self-fulfilling projection of the future. When you're told this thing is out of control, you start to lose control of it. Right? Okay. Logic all goes off, thinking caps, thinking caps on now. <laughs> 
the single best example of this, believe it or not, uh, in iatrogenic conditions is in children, uh, in my opinion anyway. Because there, you can see how the parent acts as the accidental saboteur, whereas in adults, really the saboteur ends up being the sorts of micro-conversations we have with ourselves. But in a parent-child dynamic, the parent acts as the internal micro-conversation having saboteur. And that's interesting because you can see the dynamic play out as two separate entities, uh, which are normally in our heads, but this you can measure as literally two separate entities, okay? Uh, in the doctor's office, when a physician tells the, the parent that a child is even at risk of becoming overweight, if the parent is sensitive to that information, they start to helicopter. And being the child's source of external motivation, Right now changing the environment to manipulate behaviors and reward and punish and all sorts of other things in an attempt to treat the condition that was given by the test result effectively, it unwittingly sabotages the child. This diagnosis or test, the result drastically increases the chances of obesity through externally motivated changes in behavior, where as an adult, you can assign validity to externally motivating factors you can decide whether or not it's an externally motivating factor for you or you have influence over what, in any case. In a parent-child dynamic, the parent has far more control over what the external motivating factors are, which is why it's such a neat thing to parallel. It's also why so many people still act weird around their parents or old bosses. <laughs> Okay. Ultimately, this parent-child-physician-test-result dynamic leads to rebellion and loss of control behaviors with the child. And, you know, th this manifests as sneaking food, a low motivation to do fun things or go outside, hiding food from themselves or others, acting like total a-holes in general, making riskier decisions, gorging at friends' houses or grandma's houses. Sound familiar? It should, because that's how adults act, too. <laughs> That's how adults act too. And this is all because the parents caught a whiff of a test result and decided to fix things until they were broken. I see this happen every day in adults and kids. The difference, okay, is that in adults, the external motivators are coming from other sources or an internally assigned external motivator, okay? Like taking credibility, like assigning credibility to a genetic test, right? But if you put credibility or credence in the results, even a smidgen, the same path follows every time. Sometimes it's a strong effect, sometimes it's a weaker effect, but there is definitely an effect. This phenomenon was recorded decades before genetic testing was ever even a thing, but I can use it to make projections about the future because perception and behavior translates in a similar way in different fields and situations. Additionally, this iatrogenic effect, where diagnoses end up effectively creating more problems than they solve, is replicated in mental health conditions like depression as well. It is repeated over and over in different fields that labels, when they're internalized, affect what you think, feel, and do. And that, by and large, creates those labels create a maladaptive negative feedback loop. And that happens far, far, far more often than it creates a positive, healthful feedback loop, okay? When people were told their genes affected their chances of getting depression, guess what happened? Guess what they focused on? Yale researchers said it magnifies retrospective memory for depressive symptoms. They literally went looking for reasons to be depressed. <laughs> the more you truly believe you can change something, the more influence you have over that thing. The more you truly believe something is out of your control, the more influence you have of it being out of your control. Confusing, right? It's just a matter of how you exert that influence. 
What also matters is the impact you have in a leadership position, because you could translate this up as well with those around you. Remember that parent-child dynamic? That readily translates to other leadership positions as well. Teachers, right? Physicians, we already know this. Managers, you're always leading or coaching somebody all the time. Everything you say has an effect on what other people think and do. You have the ability, especially as a person in a leadership position, to influence the mechanics of these feedback loops in others and yourself. You're doing it every day, even if it's on accident. <laughs> Overcorrection is just as much, if not more dangerous, and it happens completely on accident, unless you have the training to identify and address it when it happens. Need help figuring out all that stuff for your specific situation? Let me know. Hopefully, otherwise, this gives you a little bit of perspective on, on how and why you might make the decisions the way you do, and how getting certain information, in a lot of cases, the best case scenario is, is a neutral, is neutral. That's the best case, which means that it's always going to lean towards a more negative response in a situation like this. So I hope that makes sense for you. That concludes my nerd rant on genetic tests. Dr. Cashew believes in you. If you need absolutely anything at all, make sure to hit me up. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out!